0: We got the of the whole of in they were into the ground, rings, by the harsh I love going down down the tar Castle Street, looking down the river,
1: looking at the ships coming from all parts of the world.
0: To Time Waves, a radio history of Dublin Four. We're coming to you as ever from Ringsend Irish Town Community Centre on Thorncastle Street in the heart of Ringsend. My name's Tarlock Kelly, I'm filling in for Davy Faye for this episode, and we're delighted to have you back with us once again. Now, on this episode, we're covering the fascinating history of one of the most historic buildings in Irish Town, St Matthew's Church on the Irish Town Road. And in a moment, I'm going to be joined by two very special guests to talk us through that history. Uh, Canon Leonard Ruddock, rector of Irish Town and Donnybrook, and also by uh, parishioner Trevor James, who's something of an authority on on the church and the parish, although he might protest that uh, (laughs) that himself. Uh, Gentlemen, you're very welcome. Thank Thank you very much. much. Uh, Before we get on to the history of the church, um, we're going to begin, as we always do, by taking you back to this month in local history and looking at some of the events that were getting tongues wagging locally in decades past. Uh, this month we're journeying all the way back to June of 1862 um, when ships from all four corners of the world would have been found along the Ringsend docks. Uh, but Hans Dyla, the captain of a Prussian ship, the Alexandra, found himself in hot water at the Dublin Police Court. Constable 145A was dispatched to collect a debt of £6.10 shillings owed to a local man who was worried that Dyla was going to weigh anchor without paying his dues. Now, the Freeman's Journal had a lot of fun with this story, uh, particularly with the pirate Argo of the time. This is how they described it. On going on board, the jolly Prussian mariner ran at the crusher and was about to draw his knife. The peace officer gave the Germanic sailor a magnificent lateral salutation with his boot which seemed to have the effect of shivering his timbers magnificently. Uh, Herodila got off pretty lightly with a £1 fine and was no doubt relieved to see the back of Ring's End as he sailed off for Germany. Um, we don't know if while he was here, he paid a visit to St Matthew's Church in Irish Town, but that's where we're turning next. And um, Canon Ruddock, I'm or Leonard, I'm sorry, <laughs> we'll be nice and informal here. I uh, might just turn to you to begin with. Uh, your relatively new arrival to the parish, how have you found it so far?
2: Yes, Sir. Look, I'm um, about two months in the parish and um, I'm finding it fantastic, very welcoming. And uh, the people of the community are, are tremendous. Mm-hmm.
0: Did, did you know much about St Matthew's or the parish before you
2: came here? Only a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only a little and everything I have found since has been fantastic. It's wonderful, a wonderful church, obviously, mm-hmm. which is why we're here talking about it uh, and the wonderful people, the parishioners. Um, it's, it's very, very good, and of course the church is a building like it, it it's a, it's there to serve a purpose and uh, without the people uh, it's of no benefit really at all it just becomes mm-hmm. a museum so uh, it's it's a living breathing uh, worship space which is what it's all about really
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. the the parish ex- itself what's the the extent of the parish
2: I'm finding that out for myself <laughs> at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's big. So it goes, it goes uh, Irish Town at rings end at this end of the parish, uh, and it goes um, onto Donnybrook as well, mm-hmm. right up uh, to the Merion Gates, and uh, some uh, parts of Sandy Mount as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, just before you arrived, we were upstairs and we were looking at the glass bottle uh, development, and yep. um, so that's exciting as well so that'll be part of the parish as well mm-hmm. uh, 3,000 odd houses or something so it's growing and growing mm-hmm. but it's fantastic
0: I guess it, congregations of all denominations have probably shrunk in, in recent years How, how's, how's uh, this parish doing?
2: Um, the con- well at the moment I'm, I'm happy with numbers we're coming out of Covid um, people are still a little bit nervous um, but I'm, I'm very happy with the numbers that are coming out um, it's growing uh, we had a very exciting um, open air service about two weeks ago. Um, we had a picnic after it, and the kids were very excited. We had an ice cream van, and there were free 99s uh, going everywhere. But that was a terrific service, and we're very pleased with that. So, look, uh, the future is bright. Fantastic.
0: Uh, Trevor, just to turn to you, it was raised there slightly. Um, there's huge—I don't know if "controversy" is quite the word. There's always huge dispute in the area as to where the boundary of Ringsend and Irish Town is. Do you have a view on that? <laughs>
1: um, well, I, I don't think it's ever been fixed exactly where the where the uh, boundary is. It, it's it's a fairly fluid thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly where the boundary is—it's somewhere somewhere around where Irish Town House is, just a little beyond Irish mm-hmm. Town House is probably where the. But it's, you know, when, when the parishes were, originally the parishes, it was clearly two distinct villages. But now they, like many places, they've merged together and it's very hard to put a a, a line across. I'm not sure whether there's a, a line in the, you know, the Dublin Corporation have a, mm-hmm. an exact line. But I think it they, they merge together, really, mm-hmm.
0: somewhere around just from, just south of Irish Town House. Well, when we talk about those shifting boundaries, um, obviously, when we talk about the history of, of the church itself, its location would have been very diff- different when it was originally built in terms of its its proximity to oh, the yeah, sea, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, we? it was virtually on the sea then, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, land reclamation has really taken mm-hmm. a lot of all those parks around it. Now, I mean, that's those are all. Relatively recent. I mean, even like a hundred years ago, we were pretty close to the sea, and like the baths there, there was baths all along, all, all along there. We had the Waxies Dargal, You've mm-hmm. still got the stone there. Um, it was very much on the on the seashore. I mean, it was a it was a church. It's always been a church for sailors and mariners, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it was very much begun. Uh, like when it when it was originally built, that's what it was for, It was for the customs officials, for the port officials, for the sailors, and um, because th- like the the only church was in dunnybrook mm-hmm. and so to get to dunnybrook from Ringsend is a long way because at that stage there was it was all mud flats in yeah, between, yeah. so there was no there was no land. it wasn't just walking through the land. it was you know you were going through mud and at at high tide you would have been wading up to your up to your middle in water mm-hmm. um, to get up to as far as Beggars Bush, you know? so yeah, that that was the, there was a need for a church, a local mm-hmm. church because people couldn't get to the couldn't get to the, the, the Donnybrook church. And we're
0: talking about that original building, the, the early 18th century. Yeah,
1: 1704. It was mm-hmm. th- That's the original. The, the church was actually built in 1704. I mean, it was it was actually built when it was built in 1704 it was a standard church it was built to, it was to a design christopher wren design it was he didn't come and design the church but you know it was a little bit like bungalow house he he yeah. put a, <laughs> a design together and that same design was used in churches all over like small churches of that of that size size um glass saint bridget's where you were sort of same right. same sort of church all to the same relatively the same design and uh it was built. It was built on um, on that land. Land was given a couple of. I think it was originally meant to be up to two acres, but looks like they only got they got the, the short end of the stick. They didn't quite get the two acres, um, but it was it was very much um, like right on the, on the edge of the sea. You know, so mm-hmm. after even like ten years, it was the corporation asked for the the tower to be raised. Because it could be used then as a as a sighting point for a navigation point for ships in the bay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people could see that they put a they put a steeple up. They put the the, the tower was raised by 30 foot or so. You can still see the difference in, in the tower, yeah. and a little a little pyramid steeple on it and a weather vane on the top, um, all for the use of the sailors coming in, so that they could they could navigate from that point. So they could see it was it was the main piece of The main thing that stood out uh, Mm -hmm. on the land was the highest point around and they could use that to take their bearings um Uh,
0: i guess we will talk a little bit about the i guess the the reconstruction or the or the expansion of the church in 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 later centuries but just i guess um leonard's predecessors would would they have been local or you know would they or what kind of background would they have come from Leonard's predecessors, yeah, in those days, oh, wow. in the, uh, <laughs> long before our time.
1: <laughs> um, well, they were they were all all different. The very original ones were actually um, French Huguenots. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 original um, well, it, it was a it was a chapel of ease for Donnybrook. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was a sort of a a sub a sub church mm-hmm. for Donnybrook, if you like. Um, so there was a like the, it was the, the parish was really Donnybrook and this was a, a subsection of it, if you like. Um, so the original, um, the cure uh, was Burrow. Um, it was Burrow's, um I think they were a French Huguenot family that had come over. But most, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. clear on exactly who the, I can't remember the, the first ones um the, that the Huguenot connection is fascinating,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, I guess, a, a very diverse area in 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 every respect, and um, going back, going back centuries. Given the number of people who transitioned through it via the via the sea, uh, Leonard, do you? I know you say, a, you know, a church is a place of of worship regardless of you know the surroundings, but do you get a sense of that history when you walk into a space like Saint Matthew's? Oh,
2: absolutely. And um, I'm learning more and more listening mm-hmm. to Trevor here beside me, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's rooted in history, but it's rooted in the place, you know, and the people of the place, and that's what makes it relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and regarding the my predecessors, um, the Church of Ireland tends not to have kind of a local uh, ministry as such. Yeah. Um, so I I imagine it's something similar even back then. That yes, yeah, certainly some of them may have been, but they would tend, to, I think, probably to come from elsewhere into the parish and mm-hmm. served in the parish. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a diocesan like yeah. I'm part yeah. of the diocese, but I'm not ordained for a particular diocese. I'm not restricted in that sense. So I, I imagine it was fairly fluid.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that that does give a certain continuity in the sense that you would be having the same experience that a lot of your predecessors yeah. had in, in terms of trying to mm. embed yourself and, and and become familiar with the the local community I mean in in a a church it's kind of the same question I was asking earlier but in in a church with so much history you know is that sense of continuity important or potent to you
2: oh no no, it's very important Mm Tarlach but um I mean some of my colleagues see churches as a liability Mm -hmm. you know they take an awful lot of work um and maintenance and if you if you just focus on the the finances of trying to maintain this building then it's going to be very disappointing for everyone if that becomes your focus Um, and it is a heritage building and it does take a lot of time and commitment Uh, but we're we're doing it for the people of the parish we're not just doing it for the sake of the building we're not it's it's not a museum as I say yeah yeah. and um, yeah but but it's historic um, and and that's part of it uh, and we're going to make our own history Mm-hmm. as well now you know in the next couple of years and the people that my predecessors made their mark as yep. well. so like it's an ongoing process
0: absolutely yeah mm-hmm. I, I just think that must be so so interesting to know that you're you're a you know you're a page of that mm, history um, exactly. and you're carrying on from mm. what was there before um trevor the, the the building we see now is quite different i guess or or you know quite, uh not or more expansive than what would we would have seen on the site centuries ago isn't it
1: yeah yeah Um, yeah in the 1870s it was expanded it really wasn't big enough because you had it would take 300 people but 300 Mm. wasn't big enough at that stage so it was it was expanded to hold about almost 600 so the original church um, the original church was kept more or less the, the walls were kept more or less and then the back wall feel like where the altar is was knocked out and then two transepts were put on and then it was a chancel put on as well so there was it was extended it was about doubled in size and really you needed it remember like I said it was a it was a place for soldiers and sailors for a lot a lot Mm -hmm. of its a lot of its time so you had um the beggars bush barracks you had the pigeon house barracks um Soldiers from both of those would have been coming to the church, quite a number of, of them. Then you had the parish, which was quite an extensive parish. Um, so, y- you know, it wouldn't be unusual to get se- uh, five or six hundred people in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get that number now, but. Not quite. Not
0: quite. There <laughs> um, are very few churches so, that do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but it was, yeah, it was ex- expanded quite considerably at that stage. Um, that was 18. 18- Seventy nine, I think,
0: and that was the. I I believe there was some renovation or restoration work done in the eighties or or nineties. But other than that, that's largely the church you see today. It's largely the church you see today. Yeah, there were
1: some changes made in the. In fact, if anything, in the last few years, it's gone back to closer to what it was (laughs) originally. Um, There has been some of the some of the nave has been taken off, and and a small um, like community hall uh, made from that. But uh, yeah, in in large part the interior and the general look of the church as much as it was in 18, 1879
2: mm-hmm. and, the, the was and the front door was reopened
1: the front door was reopened we had we had closed the front door at one stage and like it was made that porch was made into a kitchen and that now <coughs> in the last five years um that that's been changed the front door has been opened it's been made into it's kind of old the old style it's much, much nicer. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's much, much nicer. Oh, yeah, um,
0: and that's a, I guess that's a, a symbol of, of being open and welcoming yes. to Absolutely. the community as well. Yeah, I it? think that was, a, that was mm. a
1: large large part of the reason of, of opening it. Just a, it's it's symbolic, um, you know, it's symbolism, yeah. but opening the church and making it a much more kind of welcoming place.
0: Now, I've heard all kinds of um, interesting stories about smuggling and various other things that might have happened in previous entries is that apocryphal or is there some basis for it uh, i don't know i don't know um certainly
1: it would have been a good place to put. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crypts there were um it it's said that they were used by smugglers yeah um i don't certainly there's nothing in there now <laughs> we've all. checked <laughs> <laughs> um, i think there were there were there were graves inside there. There were mm. bodies in there. Um, in fact, there were mummified bodies in there in the 70s. Um, they were taken out and reinterred in the graveyard. Mm. Um, uh, people said it, it would have been a perfect place to keep smuggling, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of smuggling in Ring's End area yeah. at the time. Um, so it would have been a perfect place for us, but I, I, I'm
0: not sure. Yeah. Plausible, but not, not proven. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Leonard it is in such a prominent location i mean anyone who passes through ringsend irish town in either direction uh, will pass by it and you know do you get people wandering in and asking oh, about the history and, and that's something you're, you're yeah. you would encourage oh absolutely yeah. yeah
2: absolutely uh, we're part of the community tarlock we want to be part of the community um and while the door opening the front door is symbolic but it's 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 practical and it's real yep. as well mm-hmm. you know so yep o- only this weekend we had people uh, on Sunday morning a lady pop- popped in we were having tea and coffee uh, in the little the little room at the parish room and she popped in and she just knelt down and said her prayers and she left quietly and I mean that to me is wonderful that's mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. you know and that happens regularly you know Mm-hmm. Uh, and as well as that, you you mentioned kind of developments over the years and different phases. We're, we're about as a parish, we're about to start another phase um, where the where we, where we have quite extensive plans. We're going to upgrade, we're maintaining the the character and so on of the building, but the heating system will be seriously upgraded. It'll be completely rewired. We're going to paint it. We're going to do a lot of a lot of restoration. So in a in a couple of years maybe maybe two years i'm hoping that it will be very much like what it was um in previous years it'll be it'll be really nice. we have great plans for it and we think mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be really nice when it's finished
0: yeah and one of the things that i noticed actually when, when when you first came is that one of the first people to congratulate you was the local catholic priest so Father there Ivan. does yeah there does seem to be a great ecumenical spirit Tremendous. in the area
2: Tremendous. Mm-hmm. And Father Ivan has, has been very good to me, as indeed have the, the parish priests in Donnybrook, at the other end of the parish. Uh, I know one of the Donnybrook priests, even before I came to the parish, he lectured me uh, in when I was in Theological College, Father Kieran Mahoney, and he's actually a, a neighbour now, which is interesting. Uh, but Father Ivan has been very welcoming and uh, really, really very welcoming. And uh, I was at his um, Golden Jubilee Mass uh, just a couple of weeks ago, which was a tremendous honor. And uh, yeah, very welcoming, very, very friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great.
0: I just wander into the the sociology, I guess, or or the well tentatively into the politics of the area over the years. And I guess there would have been a perception at one time, maybe 100 years ago, with all the political tumult and everything else that the Church of Ireland, you know, was the established church, was the elite church, it was you know, the church of, of the wealthy and um, that wouldn't necessarily have been the case in a place like Ringsend in Irish Town, would it, in terms of the congregation? No,
1: no, mm-hmm. not at all um, No, because I mean, it may have been that in the you know, early 1800s mm-hmm. um, but no, not not 100 years ago mm-hmm. um, It. No, I mean, it was basically the the population here. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. the, the normal population. Like, some of them were Church of Ireland, and, like, they would have been just part of the, the ordinary mm-hmm. congregation. Like, there was quite a large um, Church of Ireland population in this area. It would have been mm-hmm. one of the larger Church of Ireland, like, percentage-wise in in, in Dublin. Um, but they would have been very much kind of of all classes, Um you know the, the, it was, they had, there was wealthy people but there was also just very ordinary fishermen mm-hmm. and shopkeepers and laborers and you know everybody um, dockers mm-hmm. you know they were the, that was just that was the, the congregation um, and if you look at the the names in the congregation yes there are some who were you know sir william so-and-so and mm-hmm. or you know there were yes there were there was uh, those who had big houses on Herbert Road, but there was also people who, lots of them, lived in Thorncastle Street and like lived in Irish Town. You know, so it was very much a very diverse, a very diverse congregation. Mm-hmm.
0: What What's your your own family's history in the area?
1: Yeah. Uh, I none. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I've come from Glasnevin and I've oh, been here yeah. for fifty Northsider years. like but, myself, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Northsider exactly. Yeah, yeah. From not just over the bridge, but over mm-hmm. the river. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, w- would there would there be a continuity there in, in terms of people who maybe previous generations of their family? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. There's people. Um, some people I've just chatted to, and mm-hmm. you know, they say, "Oh, yeah, well, my father was here." I, I met a man just the other day, and I was walking past, and I was walking past the the church here. This the the, the Patrick's, yeah, St. Yeah. Patrick's, mm-hmm. and I. My sister was with me, and I said. Um, you know, there's a Harry Clark stained glass window in there. And this man passing by said, oh, is there. He said, you know, I was a choir boy in there for a long time and I never knew that. I was <laughs> an altar boy and I never knew that. So we walked in and we we were chatting and we walked around the area. And he, he was able to tell me, he said, oh, that was a those people next door, those people there. They was a Protestant couple. and they, they lived there and they lived over there. And there was a Church of Ireland people lived here. Mm-hmm. And he was able to tell me all the history of the the." In in his day, he was eighty years old, you know. Yeah. But he was he could go down the street and he would say, "Oh, that was there was Church of Ireland people lived in there, and they were so and so." And that's you know, and he knew everything about about them. It was great. It was really you know, it was real history. No? Absolutely,
0: was, yeah, yeah. yeah the living history. Yeah. And is that something you find you found Leonard in, in previous parishes? Is it um, important that sense of historical memory in a community? How important do you think that is?
2: well I think it's very important Tarlock. Mm. um but um, it's important I think though we, we're all part of our history mm-hmm. right and we all know that Ireland has had a, a troubled history a lot of the time but the way I think about it is we don't have to be bound by that history certainly we're mm-hmm. part of it but we we can we can change things and we can we can make a new history for ourselves mm-hmm. going forward that's that's what I'm all about I I want to open doors build bridges, Welcome people in, and that's what I'm about. That's why I get up every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go back to your previous question to Trevor about um, kind of you know the the, the the Protestant community having all the land and all the money and everything. I don't know how how mm-hmm. fractured their okay, that was out there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I I've been in country parishes as well, and they were made up of of ordinary farming mm-hmm. people, small business people in rural towns and. You know, just so so there were a lot of, I I would think the Church of Ireland was was made up of ordinary Pretty people in jobs yeah. and mm-hmm. all the rest. I honestly would, yeah. And still to this day, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's been my experience too. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously, as I said, there were there were all kinds of I guess political complications mm-hmm. that led to that kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, mm-hmm misunderstanding or perception Mm. or or you know difficulties Mm. between different different communities and as you say hopefully that's something Mm. we're moving forward from now um one of the really interesting aspects of st matthew's is 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 the churchyard and the gravestones there and i understand you've given a a few talks on that trevor would you want to fill us in on some of the more interesting occupants of that churchyard? (laughs) (laughs) um
1: yeah there's a there's quite an interesting collection of people in the in the graveyard um well the Cranfields. Um Cranfield uh they had the baths there. There were big, big baths on the very just where the star shop is today, mm-hmm. round about there. Um Cranfields had a big seawater baths, They were very famous. There were hot water baths, there were mm-hmm. big swimming pools for, for men. O'Connell, Daniel O'Connell used to go in there and have a have a swim before <laughs> he before he took the, the, the boat over to to uh to london to go to the parliament um yeah the cranfields Lundy foot Lundy foot would be an interesting person and um, there's his grave is there the lundie foot family vault Lundyfoot foot was a tobacconist snuff maker um very famous in his day like lundie foot snuff is still you can still find it actually in america it's and it was sold all over the world it was like the equivalent of what Guinness is today, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, it was as Dublin as Guinness is, and it was as well known as 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 Guinness is. And Lundy Foot, um, he had blackguard snuff. It was called called blackguard. They said it was called blackguard stuff because he was um, he used to to, to you, you to dry the tobacco out, and he left his his uh, assistant mm-hmm. at the kiln drying out the tobacco, and the assistant fell asleep, let the tobacco. Leaves got too charred, and I said, Lundyfoot comes back and says, Yeah, blackguard. <laughs> um, but it turned out that this, these um, roasted leaves were much more popular, and ex- became extremely popular, and Blaggard, uh, Lundyfoot, blackguard snuff was really well known. Lundyfoot is buried there, the whole Lundyfoot um, grave there. His son was a magistrate, um, not very well liked magistrate. <laughs> Um, he was a magistrate who he, he almost like a hanging magistrate. Mm-hmm. He hung lots of people and particularly the, there was three at the time of the United Irishmen, um, three who were suspected of being United Irishmen and the Carney, the Kearney family. He hung the three of them, although it was in Boer Labrina. Although um, popular, the, the local populace thought no; they weren't guilty at all. They thought they were innocent, but they were hung. Lundy Foot was reviled and abused, shot at. His cattle were maimed, his forests were chopped down, etc. And eventually, actually, in his seventies, he was stoned to death in Kilkenny, oh, God. Um, beaten yeah. to death by by a family who'd been evicted of he'd evicted them off the land and the family had taken their own revenge on him. He was buried in Kilkenny, but actually the land was sold. And so his, his um, body was exhumed and brought back and put in the grave there. So that's, that grave is there. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, there's Hammond who was a close friend, John Hammond would have been a close friend of um, Robert Emmett. Mm -hmm. Um, he Hammond was interesting he was a he, he used to work for um cardiffs uh, they were big uh big boat builders here, but he turned his hand to um, harpsichord making and he became a harpsichord maker oh. and John Hammond made a harpsichord for uh, mr Curran, who was Sarah Curran would have been mm-hmm. the the yeah. the girl for Robert emmett and it's popularly supposed that she asked for a for a harpsichord to be made her father John Philip Kern, asked John Hammond to make the make the harpsichord and she came to visit to see how the harpsichord were com- was coming along now the, the father didn't approve of the liaison between Robert Emmett and mm-hmm. Sarah Kern uh, but it was probably the harpsichord was the the excuse for her to come and uh, and visit because Robert Emmett would have often come to Hammond's house and had tea there. And so it was probable that it was the kind of... The, the harpsichord was the excuse for them to meet.
0: Um, yeah, it really is the case in a place like this that you know you just scratch the surface and, and history comes comes pouring out. Really, um, I'm Going to finish up a, in a moment. Leonard, is, is there anything else you'd like to say to the to the community or anyone in the community who might be listening?
2: I, I thank thank you, Chair. Look, um, we very much feel part of the community. We want to reach out to the community. Uh, we're a welcoming church. We're a welcoming parish. Um, if anyone you're very welcome really that's, that's the thing, come to the church um, any time and um, we'd be delighted to see you and, uh, or you know uh, pop into Father Iden, whichever we're all, <laughs> we're all preaching the same gospel to our luck and that's the important thing to remember
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Leonard, and thanks so much, Trevor, for for joining us today. Um, Thank you. We'll Thank be you. back again on Rick Radio with another episode of Time Waves uh, n- next month. If you want to reach us in the meantime, you can do so at rickradio2020 at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Would called
2: Black Rock? No,
0: We've
2: got the blood of the whole lot of that general strike in 1913.
0: They were batting into the ground in Rings. Then by the harsh police. I love going down, down the castle Street, looking down the river,
1: looking at the ships coming from all parts of the world.